You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Hi, everyone. This is Greg Alexander, the host of the ProServe podcast, brought to you by Collective 54, the first community dedicated to founders of small services firms that are trying to grow scale and someday sell their firms. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about exiting a small service firm. It's a very precise thing to do. It doesn't happen a lot. So when it does happen, we want to shine a light on it and, and learn as much as we can. And we have a an alumni of Collective 54 with us, Bart Maraz. And Bart was on an episode of our show before, way back in the day, episode 72. I think we're like in the 170s now. So it's good to see you again, Bart. Would you uh, please reacquaint yourself with our audience and provide us an introduction? Absolutely. It's good to see you, Greg. Uh, yeah. So I, um, for the last 13 and a half years, ran a company called Sumo Heavy. Um, we were an e-commerce consulting firm and development shop, uh, working mostly with enterprise level clients. Uh, we, I think, talk. We were talking about discoveries, if I'm correct. Yeah, you walked us through that and, and how that led to uh, kind of long-standing client relationships, which was an awesome episode. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, so, funny enough, uh, I am an alumni of 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 the group. Uh, part of it is because I was going through this all through the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. So let's, fun. Yeah, so let's talk about this. So I, I read the press release, and mm-hmm. thank thank you for sending that. I, I was so happy for you and your team. It's the conclusion of uh, an entrepreneurial journey. I know you're still there and you're still building, but it is a chapter in the story of an entrepreneur when this happens. Um, so I, I just I want to start at a high level and just you know have you tell everybody what happened, and then um, I'll have some questions for you. Sure. Um... Where do I start? About a year ago, a little over a year now, um, I was uh, needing to get out of the house and randomly went to, I was living in Princeton, New Jersey, randomly went to a place uh, and bumped into uh, now our VP of innovation at the, at ITX, which is my new company, um, and just had a good chat with him, just randomly ran into somebody. Um, and it... <laughs> It, it kind of took that, took took it to a conversation with him, and then it came to vows like, if you're ever willing to sell your company, let me know. Um, about six months later, uh, I had a conversation with my business partner. We're kind of looking at what the market looks like. What are we doing? Um, after 13 and a half years, is like, are we going to grow this, or is there other avenues that we can have? And I gave him a call. And then work through the summer, and and we got to this point. And then uh, September first, we are fully acquired, <laughs> which is always a, a challenging, fun. But as a smaller firm, it was it was interesting to go through. You know, the fact that this was a, a random encounter, you know, makes you wonder if uh, if the cosmos was lined up for you here, and you were doing the right thing. That that's a very it's, interesting it's part story. luck. But also part taking that luck, right? It's mm. the serendipity of it. Um, yes, it's probably partially putting out there that there's some need, but also, you know, people say it's like, oh, it wasn't luck. I mean, it was a luck thing because, you know, 
30 minutes before or 30 minutes after walking, you know, into a place, it could have changed it, right? Yeah. Um, but then taking that opportunity that's in front of you and having a conversation with somebody random kind of gets you to that point. Yeah, I mean, we've got to make the most of our lucky breaks and not, and not waste them. I get it totally. So what I was particularly interested to talk to you about today, because it's so relevant to our community, is that you had a 10-person firm. And a lot of people feel that a 10-person firm is a non-sellable firm, yet you proved all those people wrong and you were able to sell your firm. So how did you overcome that? And and how did, why was, is it ITX? Is that right? Why, why was, yes. why was ITX interested in you? Um, so uh, at our height, uh, so we're 13 years, 13 and a half years, almost 14. Um, at our height, we were actually 30 and meaning 30 with our contractors. Um, we were about, 12, 13 at the most here in the States. Um, but because we had this efficient, nimble kind of company, um, we got to work with larger clients, got to work with them long-term, have some way of work, a different way of working as with our last podcast, it was about doing discoveries and pay discoveries because of that, like it's all our being the process and how we work and how we work with our clients. And the fact that we had long-term clients um, was attractive to a, a bigger company. Mm -hmm. But also for us, from our perspective, once we started talking to them, um, it became very clear that they're just a very large version of us. Mm. We're like the micro version, meaning our culture is the same. We kind of think the same way. We want to go after the same things. It kind of became clear of this is making more and more sense. Mm. Now, this was, you know, we got acquired in this one, but this was not our first go at trying to get acquired. Um, we've done it uh, two years beforehand, and it just didn't fit what we wanted. Um, and we said no, 80% because of culture. Mm. Um and 20% because money just made, financially didn't make sense. Like it just, it wasn't working. Um, the numbers didn't make sense and all that. Um, so a lot of it was culture. A lot of it was that. The other side of it for us was having access to a bigger pool of services. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're very structured on e-commerce, but we've never had UX or design or marketing or other things we were trying to pursue um, now we do, um, you know, it takes us 300 people. So it's a bigger company. Mm -hmm. We have a lot more services. Um, on the other side of that, uh, I takes had a little bit of e-com going on with them. Um, with us, they have the knowledge base now mm -hmm. of bigger e-com that they can kind of pursue. Yeah. You know, so the lesson here for those that are listening is that when a large firm is thinking about buying a small firm, they often go through a framework called build, buy, or partner. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is they'll, they'll have a, a gap in their service offering. So in Bart's case, that was e-com. And they say to themselves, okay, if we want to fill this gap ourselves, we're going to build it. Here's how long it's going to take. Here's how much money it's going to cost. And here's the probability of success. If we were to go partner with somebody, you know, who are those partnerships and same conversation, how long, how much, and probability of success. And if we buy someone, same thing. So if I compare those items, you know, as a larger firm, what's better for me? It's it's a, a way to think through the options. So obviously in Bart's case, it just made a lot more sense for them because they could go faster. 
they had a greater probability of success and you know the cost was comparable so why not go ahead and and uh, buy a firm like Bart's and bring them in. Excel. Yeah, I mean, you you're looking at, um, you know, do you bring like this is this was our problem too, right? We at least twice a year we would think about do we build design and UX sort of practice internally every year, twice a year without fail, <laughs> and we just never did it, right? Yeah. But also, you know, when you're doing this, you're acquiring not only the the staff, right? The team members who are knowledgeable, especially in smaller firms, they probably have a lot of senior people because they're willing to do that work, especially if they're working with bigger clients. They're also acquiring clients. So you have both, right? You have not only the knowledge base, but also clients. And then you can bring all that knowledge base. You know, it's a nice circular thing. It, it just beneficial to every single step. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's, it's beneficial to everybody, including the client, because now mm-hmm. you have more things to offer the client. And, and that's normally how the justification gets made. The business justification is, so Bart had a, a great client roster and ITX, you know, wanted access to that roster and vice versa. ITX probably had a great client roster and you guys wanted mm-hmm. access to it. So then the question is, okay, so if, if we join forces, is one plus one equal three here? And, and obviously it did. So that's part of the equation. So if you're, if you're a smaller firm and you're thinking about selling, you got to ask yourself that question. Like, what is the synergy? I don't mean the cost synergy, I mean the revenue synergy. Mm-hmm. If we shared clients and we had a broader a service set, you know, how much more revenue could we drive? All right, my, my next question was, I was I was reading in prep for this interview some of the local press that, that uh, covered you. By the way, I had no idea you were such a towering figure in the local tech community. <laughs> Congrats. People, <laughs> I am not, but thank you. <laughs> a lot of the articles were people worried about you, you know, you leaving and not participating and all that. One of them classified your acquisition as an acquihire. Um which is the merging of two words, an acquisition and a hiring of a team called an acquihire. Very common in the tech world, not as common in the service world, so that intrigued me. Um, is that a fair description as to what happened and or not? And what do you think about this idea? It, it's, it's a very, uh, it's actually, uh, Greg, I'm going to correct you, but it's actually very common right now. Is um, it really? It, Interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, the same day that, we got acquired. One of my friends' companies got acquired, acquired like that. Yeah. So basically, the idea is they're they're hiring you. Uh, they're acquiring you, basically acquiring you know your clients or your things, but also hiring the rest of your team. Yeah. So it's for me, it's an acquire. Like all, the whole team went. So we are now employed by ATX, right? But it's still within those realms, right? My friends, like I think the same day, I would say four different companies went within between and every single company was between 10 and 20 people wow yeah um from from different you know they they got acquired by other places obviously but um literally the same day and all friends but um yeah we we all knew this was all happening at the same time which was really funny so it's it's in service business right now is is that is going to happen and I, i think that's it's a correct statement um i don't you know, some people think it about as a as a, a bad thing. I think it's fine. Um, I, I think it's it's. I feel like it's worse when it's a startup, when a startup gets aqua hired, um, than it's like oh, it's purchased and stuff like that. When it comes to services, I mean, there's you know, we we're not billing, we're not, we don't have technology to sell. We right. just have humans and humans making things for <laughs> other clients, right? So it, it's it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good thing. It's it's not. It, I think it's a better thing when it comes to service companies because they're 
they're actually acquiring the whole thing with the team members and the team members don't get fired. They don't, they they need to lose their jobs. They're still, they're still there. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. I think it's a, it's a much better thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I personally don't view the term as a negative term. I view it as a positive term, although I have read the things that you've read where sometimes people talk negatively about it, particularly in the startup context as a way to kind of fire sale a failed startup. But in services, since it's a people business, it makes a lot of sense. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a a mechanism to get a deal done. Um, And and I think for the smaller firms, let's say sub 50 people, it's an avenue worth pursuing if if that's something that you want to do. Um, So what, so what's life like for you now that you're part of a bigger firm? (laughs) It's been, uh, it's been two months, literally actually today. Um, so eight weeks, um, stressful, crazy, fun, all at the same time. Um, you know, as you can imagine, I'm coming from doing a lot of the admin stuff and a lot of sales and biz dev things that, that, um, you know, that requires a company to do. My business partner was the production side of it and delivery. So he's stepping into um, having a delivery team. That's his, that's still our, you know, our people. Um, I'm step, I stepped into the sort of the sales owner issue or uh, what we call engagement leads, which is account management and sales, that side. And I'm actually really happy to have um, four or five coworkers in that space now because I was doing this by myself. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's still it's still a little bit stressful just because moving you know moving your clients over getting all those all those things wrapped up and moving stuff around like that's a lot of stuff while trying to get through you know uh, learning all the processes internally for the new company also at the same time having my own sort of biz dev going on at the same time for the company um, but that's gonna settle down it's slowly settling down I'm start you know starting to get you know the hang of it and and it, but it's exciting I think it's exciting a new chapter. You know, you're so used to doing your thing for, I mean, I've been on my own for, besides Sumo, I've been on my own for 20 years, mm. um, which is kind of fun. Not, <laughs> I haven't worked for somebody for 20 years. Um, yeah. So that's kind of a change of pace. <laughs> What's it like having a boss? I have two. It's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> believe it or not, I am, I am a happy camper. I have good people above me, good people working with me. And uh, this is kind of funny, but I have no one working for me. Um, weirdly, um, I'm okay with that for the moment. And not that like our team members were not, they're great. They're great people. It's awesome. Um, just a, just a breath, taking a breath, I guess is, 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 is a good thing. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, we're at our window here. Um, Bart, congrats to you and your team. I'm really happy for you. It's, I can tell by listening to you and looking at you how happy you are. So (laughs) that makes me feel great. So congratulations, man. Thank you so much, Greg. All right. All right, a few calls to action for those that are listening. So if you're a member and uh, look for the meeting invite for Bart's session with us where you could be able to ask some questions to him directly. If you're not a member, you want to become a member, go to the website and um, collect it 54 and hit apply and we'll get in touch with you. And if you just want to learn more, check out the book, The Boutique, How to Start, Scale, and Sell a Professional Services Firm on Amazon. Okay, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.